I came into office at great economic and international instability. Families and businesses were worried about how to pay their bills. Putin's illegal war in Ukraine threatens the security of our whole continent, and our country has been held back for too long by low economic growth. I was elected by the Conservative Party with a mandate to change this. We delivered on energy bills and on cutting national insurance. And we set out a vision for a low-tax, high-growth economy that would take advantage of the freedoms of Brexit. I recognise, though, given the situation, I cannot deliver the mandate on which I was elected by the Conservative Party. I have therefore spoken to His Majesty the King to notify him that I am resigning as leader of the Conservative Party. This morning I met the chairman of the 1922 committee, Sir Graham Brady. We've agreed that there will be a leadership election to be completed within the next week. This will ensure that we remain on a path to deliver our fiscal plans and maintain our country's economic stability and national security. I will remain as Prime Minister until a successor has been chosen. Thank you. That is the former English Prime Minister, Liz Truss, quit after 44 days. Three Prime Ministers now in about a year between Theresa May, Boris Johnson, and her. Maybe it's more, I don't know. But uh, at any rate, she quit yesterday. She was around for a lot, though, I'll tell you that. The Queen died while she was the Prime Minister, and the economy tanked, and a whole bunch of stuff happened. So my first guest today of five, Mike Lawler. Dove Hyken, Woody Giuliani, and Kelly Ripa is uh, a guy that maybe the only guy at this station, along with Curtis and John, that compare with me when it comes to talent. In fact, he is. He has a tremendous overnight show. He really is great. He can talk politics. He can talk pop culture. He talks about aliens and stuff. That's kind of weird, but I think John likes that. He is the host of The Other Side of Midnight, become a really good friend of mine. And that is the great Frank Morano. Good morning, Frank. Good How morning, are you, buddy? Good morning, Sid. Happy Friday. Thanks for inviting me in. It's great to be back. Well, I love having you on because, well, I mean, you're my friend anyway, but you really know about all this stuff. I can talk about local politics. I can talk about Liz Trust. Let's start right there. little shocking exit yesterday. Who do you think is uh, coming up next? Well, I think a lot of folks that are in the running to replace her are not exactly household names. It's going to be have to, uh, somebody that gets 100 votes from within the conservative party ministers there. But I think there's a very real possibility, and uh, this would have, uh, two months ago, this would have been laughable to even suggest this. I think there's a very real possibility that we could see the return of Boris Johnson. <laughs> he's like he's like the Billy Morton for, uh, for England. Exactly. I mean, it's time to bring him back, Billy Morton. You know, Brett Favre, I'm retiring, I'm retiring, he'd keep playing. So is that because there's just nobody else 
in the Conservative Party in England that can win? Well, I mean, it, remember, they do things a little differently there. It's not as if you go to the polls and vote for Liz Truss or Boris Johnson. You vote for the Conservative Party ministers and then the ministers themselves. It's almost like how we pick the Speaker of the House. They then pick who they want as their leader. There are some other folks that they're talking about. Uh, ben Wallace is one of the ministers. Penny from Mordani. The, from the Detroit Pistons? That's right. That's no, Ben no. Wallace? Uh, no. <laughs> and uh, Rishi Sunak, who is uh, the former former chancellor of the executor there. Uh, I think the thing with Johnson is he's he's been there before, like Billy Martin. You know, his his skeletons are out there. Yeah. Every All the reasons that people don't like him, lying about the COVID lockdown parties, that's right. all out there. And I, I think that uh, he doesn't necessarily have the same sort of policy baggage that somebody like a Liz Truss had because her key economic program, it went over like a lead balloon. So yeah. there was nowhere for her to go but, uh, but Joe, down. Joe Biden said yesterday she was a great partner. <laughs> I mean, she was there for like 15 minutes. That's right. She was She's a great the Anthony partner. Scaramucci of, uh, of prime ministers. That is a great, great analogy. Scaramucci, even shorter, 11 days for Donald Trump. She got as far as 44. Let's get to some of these uh, big races coming up. Mike Lawler set to join me now, Frank, in about 17 minutes. He's going up against Sean Patrick Maloney. I don't like Maloney, but look, he's, it's the same thing. I saw his commercial yesterday, and what is he pushing? Abortion, and I voted against Donald Trump. Now, those are two things that most of America, I have to imagine, couldn't care less about. So why, besides that, is Mike Lawler the right guy for the job? Well, I think, uh, well, he may be, he may not be, right? Uh, but I think he's got an excellent chance of winning, right? The election seems to be, especially... He says he's winning right now in the polls. I, 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 think, I believe Six it. Six points, I, yeah. I believe it. You know, in purple districts like that one, um, it really does come down to both sides trying to motivate their base. I've seen Michael Lawler on other shows. I heard him on with the uh, great John Katsimatidis this week. He's emphasizing crime, inflation, the border, right? Makes a lot of sense. That that fires up the Republican base. The Democrats, they're emphasizing how horrible Donald Trump is and abortion. <laughs> it's right? unbelievable. So it's really, and gun laws, too. Yeah, it, gun laws. I, I don't get the sense that Maloney specifically is making no, a big issue him. of guns. not him. Right? But it's it's an election of abortion versus inflation, right? And we'll see where uh, where it goes. I think uh, Lawler has an excellent chance at this point of, uh, of pulling it out. Obviously, in politics, a week is a lifetime. Early voting begins in eight days. So we'll see where we are eight days from now. But it's going to be very interesting. I think he's got a great chance of winning. It's funny you say he's got a great chance of winning because I think at this point you could pick any Republican who maybe two months ago you said they got no chance. I mean, you told me flat out before my show started early in the morning, Lee Zeldin, no chance. Now Lee Zeldin has a great chance of winning. Certainly got momentum uh, going in his direction. So you can really make that case for almost every Republican, not even based on the individual but based on the feeling in this country and this red wave. Well, I, I think that's true. I think it's more true in New York because of the Court of Appeals throwing out these horrible gerrymandered lines. If you look at the state that has the most competitive congressional uh, elections in the whole country, it's New York. Now, a state of blue is New York. You never thought you'd see that. And yet, up and down the state, we have we have maybe 11 competitive congressional districts. Wow. Wouldn't it be great if that was the case all the time and uh, we really lucked into it this year because the 
the Court of Appeals threw out those gerrymandered lines. There are a couple of races where the candidates really do matter, right, uh, in terms of Republican versus Democrat. For instance, had the Republicans nominated, I'll refer, I don't want to get anybody upset, a more sane and sober candidate in Pennsylvania for governor, I think they'd be in a much better position to win than with Mastriano. Uh, and you're seeing that go the other way, too. The Republicans have nominated, have a real chance of winning the Oregon governor's race for the first time in 40 or 50 years That's right. because they nominated a strong candidate. So same thing in Nevada with both governor and U.S. Senate. So it, the candidates do matter. If the Republicans lose in Georgia, it'll only be because of Herschel Walker's issues. That's right. right. That's true. And he's got some issues. There's no doubt about it. Uh, people, uh, but, you know, the whole abortion stuff with his girlfriend and some other things he's done as well. But you mentioned the governor race in Pennsylvania. What about this Senate race? I mean, you know, we often hear people would complain to me, Donald Trump, Joe Biden, that's the best we've got. And I love Trump. I love Trump. But that's what people would say to me. That's the best we've got. John Fetterman, Dr. Oz. That's the best they've got. I mean, I think it's just awful, right? Uh, Fetterman, you have someone that's so extreme. He's from the Bernie Sanders wing of the party. And even even, that's on his best day. Now you clearly have a guy that's significantly diminished. Can't do a TV interview without reading the closed captioning. Uh, Dr. Oz, who I don't think is nearly as flawed as Fetterman, he clearly doesn't know the issues in Pennsylvania as well. I mean, he's clearly a New Jersey resident. The Democrats and the Republicans had a real opportunity to pick great candidates. It's Connor Lamb on the Democratic side, uh, a, a much more moderate candidate, a guy that would have worked across the aisle, a hard worker, New Pennsylvania, not a stroke victim. Uh, on the Republican end, uh, somebody like David McCormick, who had an incredible amount of experience both in the in high finance and elsewhere. But Oz beat him. Didn't he did. Beat him? And, and Fetterman beat right. Connor Lamb. That's what the primary I, was all about. I, I think that goes to show how flawed this closed primary system is because it tends to be nom- uh, dominated by extremists in both parties we mentioned lawler who's coming up next and uh, maloney give me some other races locally here you mentioned I, 10 or 11 really competitive races right give us a couple right well, now. I, I obviously the race that i'm most uh, interested in is my congresswoman and friend nicole maliotakis she's fighting a spirited uh, contest from max rose that shouldn't be competitive nicole i think is a heavy favorite because they did away with the gerrymandered lines but it's that attitude the one that i just expressed that's the most dangerous for nicole you don't want people thinking all right, Nicole's definitely going to win, and then they don't come out to vote. That's what happened when Dan Donovan lost to Max Rose back in 2018. Folks figured Dan Donovan beat Mike Grimm in the primary. He's got nothing to worry about. A lot of people rested on their laurels, and Max Rose didn't. He worked as hard as anybody, and he won. So uh, that that is certainly a very energetic challenge on both sides. Out on Long Island, several congressional races, the old Tom Swazi seat or the current Tom Swazi seat. You have Robert Zimmerman, who uh, Joan Hamburg did a terrific interview with on Sunday. Uh, the, he's the Democrat and old school PR executive. You may even know him. Uh, he's kind of a out of central casting for an old school PR guy. Yeah. And uh, the Republican there is George Santos, regular guest on the Bernie and Sid show. Well, we liked years. George years ago. You know, George was open, is openly gay, and uh, he thought he won. So me and Bernie brought him on the next morning. Well, he was ahead on election day. And we celebrated. We said, hey, way to go. Congratulations. And then, much like the Trump-Biden election, we found out later in the day, they found 
and uh, boats. You know how that goes. Well, and that, he lost. Yeah, that won't happen. <laughs> I was going to say, don't congratulate anybody prematurely this year. That won't happen this year because they've actually changed the rules about when you can count absentee ballots. So this year, if someone's ahead on election night or the day after, chances are they've won that election. So you got Santos, and then uh, the race for Kathleen Rice's seat is very spirited. I think Republicans have a great chance at picking that up. I think they certainly hold the Lee Zeldin seat. I think Garbarino, uh, the old Peter King seat, they hold on to that seat. So I think Long Island's a battleground. Uh, this uh, Lawler, Pat, Sean Patrick Maloney seat is a battleground. And uh, even a little farther upstate, even though he lost the special election, I think there's a very good chance that uh, Mark Molinaro win. wins, uh, wins that yeah. election. Yeah. I think you could see the Republicans potentially pick up four or five seats. Uh, they're saying that the road to control the House of Representatives may come through uh, New York State. Uh, so I, I don't want to um, I don't want to overstate it for the Republicans. I think if I'm betting, they still probably lose all of the statewide races. But to pick up four or five congressional huge, seats, huge. I, I mean, yeah. I don't know the last time the Republicans have done that in New York. If they ever have. Right. Uh, I need you to jump aboard two fast moving trains. Ready. Tom Sullivan running for assembly in Queens, mm-hmm. lives in Breezy Point. You know, his brother Michael is one sure, of my best sure. friends. And uh, of also, Brennan and Carr fame, right? Exactly right. right. And Paul King running against the career politician Gregory Meeks mm. in Queens. Now, those two guys are underdogs, uh, but those guys are gaining. And I want those two guys to win, but I need your help, Frank Morano. Well, I mean, uh, I think um, the Meeks race is going to be very, very tough road to hoe. And uh, I give him credit for running because it's great that the voters have a choice there. The worst thing back in the old days is when in, in Republican districts or Democratic districts, oh, it looks like that person's going to win. Why challenge him? I give uh, I give them a, a Paul great King, deal, yeah. Uh, yeah. Mr. King, a lot of credit for challenging Meeks. I think uh, in that Sullivan race, there's a real opportunity of a Republican pickup. If you look at that community, it's increasingly becoming redder and redder. And I think um, Sullivan, from having run for state Senate previously, has a great deal of name recognition in that district. I think he's very well positioned. And, you know, it's funny, the, the Republicans in Queens have always been defined by factionalism. This group of Republicans hates that group of uh, Republicans. That's true. You, you speak at this event, oh, no, no, we don't want you. I mean, in that area alone, you got that exact situation with Ariello, uh, Joanne, and uh, Paladino. Well, they, that's what I was just going to say. The two of them are now in the city council together, and under the leadership of my friend Joe Borelli, they've actually sort of patched things up a little bit. Oh, they bit. did? A little bit. They, uh, have they a, hated each other. Uh, well, I, I, I imagine they're not exchanging Christmas cards, but they have a good working relationship, okay. and their two factions, the Whitestone Republican Party and the Mainstream Republican Party, they're not exactly at loggerheads and uh, looking to snipe at one another. And I think they recognize, hey, you know, there's so few Republicans here. Let's actually try to win some elections. So I think uh, I think Sullivan actually has a pretty good chance of winning. In no that amount race. of God's ears. Uh, Frank Morano is such an amazing radio host. You guys know that already. But if you don't, check out the other side of midnight every every overnight here on WABC. You're beautiful. I love Thank you. you. Know and that. if people are old school radio fans, my guest this morning was John Gambling. So oh, really? They, yeah. So if uh, if people listen to the podcast, they can hear first interview John Gambling's done on the radio in, in quite some time. How'd you get him? I, well, I asked. We're old friends. I used to be his producer, and uh, and he sounds great. He sounds like he could be on the radio tomorrow. So people could check out the podcast at wabcradio.com. Give me, uh, give me some cuts of that. Uh, your name is Joe, right? The kid, the kid running it for Phil. God damn. Give me yeah, some cuts. <laughs> John Gambling was on with, with, with Frank Morano. 
Get me coached today, okay, please. All right, thank you very much. That was great, Frank. Thank, thank you, you for having me. Have a great week. How come you didn't tell me yesterday? I would have promoted John Gambling. That's a big deal. Well, because I don't know, you know, if you feel. Oh any... no, no, that's a big deal. Okay. I'm a radio junkie. All right, you know good. All right. Thank you, Frank. I love you. You're great. Thank you. Go Jets, what to go do? Giants. Mike Waller, Dove Hikind, Rudy Giuliani, and Kelly Ripper. Keep it right here. The Friday edition of the morning show on Talk Radio 77 WABC will come back right after this. Great job, Mike.